what's your calendar looking like these days? Especially as we're fully into one of the two busiest months of the year with preparations for holidays and all. If I was a betting woman, I would say your calendar is probably crammed full. I mean, so many of us are busy, right? But we've overcommitted. And I want us to look at that. Because as pleasers and perfectionists, what we end up doing is taking on stuff that isn't really for us. It's not in alignment with what our priorities are. We want to make everybody else's life amazing. And so we say yes when we really need to be saying no. So even though you're killing it with all this kindness, and I guess I should say bravo, way to go, I want you to look at why and how you're not feeling very kind to yourself when you're scheduling stuff that isn't really for you. I want you to be able to figure out what makes your life life-giving. And looking at how we prioritize our time and energy, aka our calendars, is how we're going to do that today. All right, let's talk in a few minutes. Can't wait. Now on to the intro. Hey, it's Vicki Smith. Welcome to Power to the Pleasers podcast. Want to start doing things on your terms and finally feel confident just being yourself in relationships? Well, you've landed in the right place. Here we break down your people-pleasing and perfectionistic patterns so you can move from being polite and doing it right to showing up, speaking up, and even laughing it up with people. Not sure it's possible? Well, stick around, friend. I'll show you how. everybody. What's going on? How are you handling probably a little bit more cooler temperatures, right? How are you handling a little more darkness? How are you doing as the fall and winter is upon us? In this season, in this space and time with cold and dark, I look for what is comfortable, right? I look for what will bring me comfort. And, you know, I'll stand in my closet trying to decide which pair of comfy pants I have to wear around the house, you know, and and my options doubled over the pandemic, as I'm sure yours probably did. But I thought about that the other day. And I was like, you know, not only am I looking for comfort, but I'm looking for happiness. <laughs> I'm looking for happiness in the pants that I pick out, <laughs> or the comfy sweatpants I'm wearing. And comfort equals happiness to me, right? So I had this strange feeling when I put on one pair the other day. I was like, these are life-giving. <laughs> so I thought, you know what? I'm going to expand on that. And y'all get to hear about my expansion on that. <laughs> because I want to know what in your life is life-giving. Now, when I was thinking about this podcast and I was trying to title it, I was trying to come up with all these like fun titles like your inner navigation system is off or... Um, you're disconnected from your inner guidance. People pleasers don't trust what they want, you know, because we often, <laughs> I mean, we often uh, try to make everybody else comfortable and happy, right? So um, we don't listen to what we want and what is warm and fuzzy and comfortable and um, makes us happy. So yeah, I'm just gonna say it, all right, without any disclaimers. People-pleasing makes us unhappy, and we're doing it with the intention of bringing happiness into our lives, but the reality is, whenever I start working with clients, 
who are focusing on people-pleasing, they share things like, I'm exhausted. I don't know how to relax. It's so draining to pretend all the time. I feel so resentful, but I just stuff it. And those things do not point to a happy person, do they? So we are unhappy as people pleasers because we have forgotten about ourselves. We're standing in our closets and we're pulling out some scratchy wool sweater and we're just uncomfortable. But as people pleasers, we have been trained to ignore and override the signals that our bodies and our hearts share with us. And it could be well-intentioned parenting that's behind it, right? Like something about sitting at the table and eat your peas, right? (laughs) And we have to override the signal of our taste buds that we can't stand these peas. That's just one maybe funny example. But as people pleasers, we've really learned to be small to survive, right? We've learned to default to deferring (laughs) to what other people want, right? To put our stuff aside and just say things like, oh, I'm fine. And okay, while some of it is normal, you know, like the parents telling you that you're going to sit here until you eat your peas, most of the reasons why we dismiss what we want is to make someone else's life easy and life-giving, to make someone else happy. And the cumulative effect of this leapfrogging of our wants and needs is that we turn down the volume on our signals. We end up training those little sensitive antennas (laughs) that we all have. We end up training those to pick up on other signals than our own, like someone's facial expression or tone of voice or the vibe of the room. We've lost touch with ourselves. And we can train our signals to become more aligned with what creates contentment and fulfillment in our lives. We have the ability to retrain our signals. So I want us to start remembering ourselves as an act of resistance. I love that. (laughs) So when we feel drawn to something, when we feel something will be satisfying and we're excited about it, then that is a signal that it's a yes. Now, conversely, things that are out of alignment with our tastes, our values, our available time, our energy level, like those things are going to cause frustration and unhappiness. And those are a no for us. So I'll give you a personal example. (laughs) You probably saw that coming. I remember having a volunteer gig that I cared about deeply. It was walking shelter dogs. Now, if you know me, this is like totally my thing, right? Dogs, helping homeless dogs. It was completely up my alley to go and volunteer and do this. So in alignment with my values and my wants. And then it stopped being that way. Something shifted in my schedule. And I ended up cramming in going to the shelter to do these morning walks with dogs. And it was no longer bringing me happiness. It was an obligation and I started to resent the commitment I'd made to the shelter. And 
Then I started to feel guilty as hell that I wasn't enjoying the time with Rufus and Spencer, who were my two favorites. I was also afraid that if I didn't keep up the commitment, even though I was unhappy and it was causing me to feel rushed and crammed and overworked and overcommitted, if I didn't keep that commitment, I would disappoint the shelter staff too. Because I mean, if you've ever walked into a shelter, you know, those workers, those employees are just, oh my God, you just want to do anything you can to relieve them of any duty they have. So fear, obligation, and guilt, that wonderful combination that people pleasers live with, that is not going to bring anybody happiness. And when something that was life-giving changes for us, it's like a flag on the play. Like think of it like when the ref gives a soccer player a yellow card and that yellow card is like, it says like, hey, I'm warning you, right? This isn't going to cut it. You better change something. So I was getting like flipping yellow cards all over the place with this shelter dog commitment. But I was sure that going there and walking these dogs was bringing me happiness because it had been until it hadn't. So I overrode all of that feeling of resentment and obligation and guilt. And I was just like, nope, I'm going to keep going. The dogs need me. And let me tell you, the dogs needed me. But I also needed me. My priorities had changed. And the yellow cards were signals that the yes in me, the thing I was drawn to and excited about and felt fulfilled by doing, had changed to a no. And the work at the shelter was deeply meaningful to me. And it started to become heavy and it started to also become depressing, aside from the fact that it was hard to get there. So I want us to just remember that sometimes things that we do for others are deeply meaningful and yet they can be draining, inconvenient, and plain old not fun or enjoyable as selfish as that sounds, right? I know you're already saying that, like, how dare we say something isn't fun? You know, my neighbor needs me to do X, Y, and Z for her because she's elderly. How selfish will I be if I'm not there for someone when they're in need? Well, while the cliche is frustrating, it's true because you cannot pour from an empty cup. Now, I ask you all a lot if you've hung around me at any length in this podcast journey, I ask you all to tune into your bodies, to slow your thinking and pause before you say yes, to put a little bit of space between you and your automatic pleasing habit. This is going to be another one of those times. So here's a practice suggestion for you. Take a look at your calendar for last month. Like, I don't know, hell, it can be your calendar for this month, whatever. I just want you to look at your commitments. Wherever you place your time and attention on over certain days of the week, right? I want you to focus in on that. Just look at it. Just sit there and look at it. And then ask, what happens in my body when I look at my calendar? What is one emotional word that goes with when you see week at a glance at the top of your calendar or whatever? 
what happens in your body, and what is one emotional word that goes with that. Please do not ignore this yellow card that could be tightness or heaviness or cortisol coursing through your body, right? And please do not over-explain to yourself to try to justify, like if you were looking at last month, like, oh, well, September is always a busy month. Okay, fine. I just want you to look at where you were in the last month or what you've got going on, maybe this week, and resist the urge to do anything more than feel what it's like to be you in this moment, looking at what you signed yourself up for or what you survived last month. I want you to get your own attention. Well, rather, I want you to pay attention to what your body and heart have been sharing with you for probably a while now. I want you to come back to yourself. Remember yourself. You are part of this equation here. All the things that you might see from last month or you might see what you've already clogged up your week's schedule with. Come back to you. Come back to yourself and what it feels like in your body and your heart when you see what you've signed yourself up for. Now truly inquire with yourself, okay? Just look and see. What is bringing me life-giving energy in my days, my week, my month? What are you looking forward to tomorrow or this week? What seems satisfying and fulfilling to you as you look at your calendar? Because these are the things that you've said to yourself, this is a priority. I will make time for this. I will carve out space. I will withhold energy so that I can put it towards this thing. I will commit to this, right? If you're lacking in any of those life-giving items on your list, on your calendar, then I want you just to take a big old step back and just take a few deep breaths and just let yourself know, like a little palate cleanser, like, okay, things are pretty busy over there or things were pretty busy back then. And I'm just going to take a minute. I'm going to feel my feet on the floor. I'm going to shake my body out just a little bit. Maybe I'll be like, ah, just get it out. <laughs> Release some of that tension of what you might have signed up for out of fear, obligation, or guilt. And then come back with a little bit clearer perspective and just ask yourself, what do I need in my life right now? And shut up and listen to yourself. And just listen deeply. What do I need in my life right now? You'll probably need to ask yourself multiple times because as people pleasers, we're not really tuned into what we need. But just play with it. And know that nothing is off limits, okay? So it can be magical fantasy or it can be real. But all I'm asking you to do right now is to see where you've been, to see what you've been prioritizing through fear, obligation, and guilt, 
and to start turning your attention back towards yourself and seeing like, what did I just put myself through last month? Or what do I, what have I said to myself? Oh, I can get through that. I can make that work. It's just going to be a busy week. What am I basically forcing myself to do? What am I committing to do that might not be life-giving or or fulfilling or satisfying, right? And when you ask yourself, what do I need right now? What do I need in my day? What do I need in my week? And you just shut up and listen to yourself and you let yourself have the time to say off the wall shit, but take it as all of it is important. You might see something like, I want to go play pickleball or I want to go to Baskin Robbins. (laughs) You're looking at your world, the thing that we time block, our calendar, our schedules. You're looking at what your world looks like in these hour-long time blocks. And you're saying to yourself, what do I need that will give me life energy when I schedule my life? What is one fulfilling thing that I can put into my day or week or month? What would create satisfaction and joy in my life? I mean, is it a moment on the porch with coffee, listening to the birds? Is it going to the beach over the weekend and collecting shells at sunset? Is it buying yourself roses at the grocery store and then when you get home, you stick them in a freaking regular glass and not worry about what they look like and you just every day stick your nose fully into them and inhale deeply because you love the smell of roses. That brings you fulfillment for a moment. You can really let your senses guide you and lead you to some simple stuff at first. But I encourage you, like, I actually want to use this word. I implore you to keep remembering yourself as you mark up your calendar, as you, as you say, that's a priority. I need to do that. I need to commit to that. So when you look at your calendar, you get to ask yourself if something is a yes or a no for you. And the way that you know it's a yes or a no is because you're doing some of these exercises where you're pulling back and you're not marking up your calendar yet with everybody else's priorities. And you're asking yourself, what does my body feel like? What's an emotional word that goes with this? Like even before you put it in something on your calendar, somebody asks you to do something. I know this might not work so well with work obligations and commitments, but just we're talking about joy, right? So maybe it's outside of work hours. If somebody asks you to do something, take some time, let them know, you'll let them know in an hour or tomorrow. And write it down on a piece of paper, hanging out with Susan. (laughs) And just look at it like you would look at your calendar and say, Susan wants to hang out at 7pm. What does that look like for me? Ugh. If you hear that, if you feel that in your body, it's a no. 
So you're going to start to get used to asking yourself if something is a yes or a no by using your body, using your emotions, using your senses to see, is this something I want to prioritize? Is this something that's going to clog up my schedule? Or is it going to take a, a little bit of time to get there, to meet with Susan? But she and I have this amazing relationship where every time I sit with her and we have dinner together, I, I leave and I feel so jazzed and excited about life. Okay, fine. Then you'll deal with the traffic that it takes to get to y'all's favorite restaurant because it's fulfilling to you and it creates joy in your life to spend time with Susan. So you're going to ask yourself, you're going to let your senses, your body, your emotions give you an idea of whether something is life-giving or life-draining. And I am going to call you on being brutally honest with yourself. It's going to be too easy to slip into, well, I'll just make this work. I'll just go ahead and get it done, right? Screw that. Your heart might break a little if you end up looking at something and you realize that that thing is past its prime, right? That's no longer filling me up. And I need to not do that. That's what happened to me when I stopped going to the shelter. But remember, what you need is important. And when you take a pause and you see what you're putting out there for yourself, what your future self is going to have to cash in on, and you listen to yourself, and you get a yellow card that says like, hey, player, you're out of alignment here. Like, stop. Listen to it. Or if you feel that desire to move towards something and you feel like you're smiling, actually, because you're thinking about doing it, that is letting you know there's no yellow card on the play. Keep going, friend. So as we end, I want to share three lines of a Mary Oliver poem. And oh my God, I can't remember what the name of this poem is. I feel like I should, but anyway, here's the three lines. Doesn't everything die at last and too soon? Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? Doesn't everything die at last? and too soon. Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? Okay, friends, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Ciao. Hey, thanks so much for listening. If this has been helpful for you, I'd so appreciate it if you could take a moment and just rate and review, and then others might be able to find us more easily. And please also share with friends that could use this information too. Okay, thanks again. And I look forward to sharing more episodes with you in the future. Take care.